Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, all you wonderful, wonderful F1 fans out there. We are back, and welcome to a very special back-to-back double episode this week. We will be talking about the rest of the cars that were released this week. We're going to be talking about Ferrari, Aston Martin, Mercedes, uh, McLaren, uh, a lot of guys, a lot of cars up on the docket today. And as of today, this is February 15th, Red Bull, the RB20 was released today. And if you're hearing my voice, it can only mean two things. One, my name is Kelsey, and two, you are listening to the newest episode of F101. And as always, we're going to get right into the hot topics. This is everything you need to know in the world of F1. A little bit on the financial point this week, uh, as with the beginning of the 2024 season, people have to pay to play. These drivers, these teams have to pay into F1 to be able to drive for each individual season. Uh, It's kind of like amateur sports, but these guys pay a lot, and I mean a lot more. So basis fee for a team to get in, $700 or $658,000, you're paying an additional $6,575 per point. So, for example, Haas with their fantastically awesome sport count or point count last year to race in the 2024 season, Haas is paying $737,000, okay? So it doesn't go up unless you are a constructor's champion. So in that case, Red Bull, since they won the constructor's championship last year, Instead of paying $6,500 per point, they are paying a whopping $7,800 per point, which means Red Bull is paying a ridiculous $7.45 million just to enter Formula One for the 2024 season. Let's go through all 10 teams. Let's see where they end up. Red Bull, $7.45 million. Mercedes, $3.35 million. Ferrari, $3.33 million. McLaren, $2.64 Aston Martin, 2.5. Alpine, 1.4. Williams, 842,000. Visa Cash App, 822K. And then the stake F1 team for this season is $763,000. And Haas rounding out the bottom was $737,000. On top of that, the drivers have to pay. The more points you get, the more money you get. Verstappen himself has to pay $5 million for his super points license this season. At this point, F1 is absolutely raking in the dough from these drivers, from these teams. Man, I thought I was complaining when I had to pay to play for rugby in Canada or just kind of amateur sports. It is nothing compared to the professionals in F1. Moving on, next hot topic. Last episode, I had uh, suggested that maybe when Hamilton moves from Mercedes to Ferrari, that maybe he's going to poach some employees with him. Maybe some engineers, uh, maybe some people that were super, super close to him. Uh, released from his contract from Mercedes. He is uh, absolutely 100% forbidden from poaching employees from one team to come with him to the other. It is built into his contract. They do realize how influential Mercedes is. They also valued and understood how influential uh, Lewis Hamilton is more importantly. So they did put a kibosh on that. There is no way he is taking anybody with him from Mercedes to Ferrari. 
last but not least, the talking point that we're going to, we're going to tap on this case engines. Okay. So engines are a very important part of formula one. You know, you don't have an engine. The car doesn't go anywhere. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, given that kind of thing. But my realization is, is that how many engine providers are there actually out there for the 10 teams? So what we've got is essentially we've got one, two, three, four engine providers for all 10 teams. So how does that break down? Okay. So Renault is only providing engines to Alpine. Okay. That's pretty simple. They've been with Renault. It's a French team. It makes sense. French company with a French company. Okay. Now we're going to go to, uh, let's go to Ferrari. For instance, Ferrari engines obviously go to the Ferrari F1 team. That's kind of a duh. I mean, that's just duh. They also provide engines, engine supplying for Haas. They also do engines for stake F1 as well. So whatever technical regulations they have, whatever new advancements they have in the engine, not only goes to Ferrari, but also goes to stake and to Haas. Honda slash Red Bull powertrain. It's this one's kind of an easy one to guess. They supply engines to what is now Visa Cash App and Red Bull Racing Team. They are rumored to switch to their own standalone for 26 going from the Honda powertrain all the way going back into Honda up supposedly. Um, there is some talk back and forth that Honda is officially wanting out again. If you're in, you're in. If you're out, you're out. Honda needs to uh, pick a direction in which they need to go. But as of right now, the Honda Red Bull powertrain and Honda together uh, do Visa Cash App and Red Bull. That's not too bad. They're essentially sister teams anyways. So that does kind of make sense that one team should have the same engine provider as the second team. The big issue that's starting to come up, and it was a sticking point with Andretti and General Motors and Cadillac as an engine provider, so on and so forth, is uh, essentially Mercedes. So Mercedes obviously provides engines for the Mercedes F1 team. They also provide engines for McLaren. They also provide engines for Aston Martin. And they also provide engines for Williams. <sighs> you can't really complain if you have a good engine or a bad engine anymore because you're kind of stuck with who you have. If you have Mercedes, you have to go with the direction that they go. If they develop a fantastic engine, those four teams are going to do better than they normally would. If Mercedes tries to think too far out of the box, now all of a sudden you've got four teams that suck instead of just one. I do see a slight issue with this going into the future. I think at some point, I think either Honda is going to take over or you're going to get somebody big coming in and absorbing Renault uh, and absorbing part of Ferrari um, engine suppliers, where you're essentially going to be down to either one or two teams that provide engines for everybody. Does this make the outlook a little bit fair? Yeah, to a certain point. But at the same time, it also takes away the creativity and it also takes away from other new companies coming in to provide engines for these teams. I think the more options the teams have, the better, but it also creates a little bit of a, well, let's make sure that everyone's on the same page. Let's make sure everybody is able to keep up with the new regulations, so on and so forth. But as of right now, three major engine suppliers, well, I'm not really in counting Renault, so that's why I'm saying three. Um, I do believe this will be potentially the last year, if not a year down the road, Renault will be gone. They're consistent, but they're not consistently awesome. They just kind of sit there and boast that they're a French team, support or French suppliers supporting a French team, which is great but they don't do anything innovative, nothing like Red Bull Racing, nothing like Mercedes, definitely nothing like Ferrari. So I do think that um, the Alpine team will be 
separating from Renault probably sooner rather than later. And then we'll be down to three engine suppliers. I hope this doesn't happen, but uh, you know what? You never know in Formula One. And that right there, folks, that is it for the hot topics. Not a whole lot to talk about uh, as far as non-car reveals go. So let's just get right into it. Let's get into the car reveals. Uh, we're going to start with McLaren. <sighs> we're on a trend. And I see a trend that I do not enjoy when it comes to car reveals. They are, it's, it's kind of like they don't care. It's kind of like it's just another date on the calendar that's something they have to get done before the car actually gets to get out on the track. The McLaren reveal, it was okay. It wasn't very flashy. It wasn't overly productive. Like it wasn't a massive production. Uh, again, we don't get an actual looking car. We get renditions of a car, very high resolution res of the pictures, which is great, but it's nothing that you don't see the driver standing behind the car. You don't see, you don't hear Zach Brown talking about the car in person, showing us bits and pieces here and there. Uh, a couple of teams have done some very small, this is what we've done, like uh, Stake F1. So far, in my opinion, and that's including the big boys because all the cars are out now. Stake F1, as far as talking about the car itself, I'm giving them a massive 10 out of 10. They actually talked about what they're working on, what they might change, what direction they're going in, where the rest of the big teams are just, here's a couple of pictures. We're not going to tell you anything about it. You kind of have to figure it out for yourself, which as a fan, it's fun to see what the new cars look like, but at the same time, it is also a massive pain in the ass because I'm looking at the 2024 car right now, uh, the MCL 38, and it looks, there's a few things that are kind of obvious. The front end of the car, it's a little flatter. The nose is a little bit more bulbous than last year. This helps with aerodynamics at the bottom of the car. New trend that we're seeing is that the fourth wing on the front end of the car, and this also goes for Aston Martin, Mercedes, and I think, think Ferrari and uh, just Ferrari. Essentially what they've done is the actual wing itself is three layers. So you've got, you know, layer one, two, three, but at the very front of the wing, but even before the nose, they've kind of created this fourth wing to get more uh, aerodynamic pull and more cooling from the very beginning of the car all the way down to the back end of the car. I think this is a fantastic idea. I think it's a very, very intelligent idea. Uh, looking at the MCL 38, the floor looks pretty basic. Again, that's going to be more detailed when it comes to the actual running of the track. The color scheme is good. Uh, the engine cover is not nearly as high as Ferrari. Um, it is still a little bit too high in my opinion. I think it needs to go a little bit more of a sleeker direction. Uh, the side pods, you're looking at the basic P-shaped uh, modification of the Red Bull RB19 from last year and from 2022 as well. It's It's a it's an obvious trait that most teams are going to do. You look at the car that's dominated the most, you see what that car has, you try to emulate it as best you can, and then you put it on your car into the legality before you get in trouble. Okay, that makes sense. Side pods are starting to look the same. Uh, you've got the vents along what's called the waterfall on the inside. It, it looks like a sleek car. Uh, nothing super, super drastic I see until you get to the back end of the car on the engine cover itself right above the side pods. It looks like they've built in almost like a shelf. It's almost like they've put in another side pod on the back end of the car. The only reason that I can see them doing this is to streamline some of that dead air that goes over the driver and over the engine. They want to, again, create as much uh, downforce as possible. 
I think the idea behind it is it goes up over the car. It comes off the top of the side pod along the engine cover. And then that just kind of guides it to the back wing where it's going to give them more downforce and more traction. It's kind of the only reason why I can see them doing this. Um, overall, nothing super, super new or creative on McLaren's car this season. Um, I keep coming back. It looks really nice, but I mean, that's, it's a lot of carbon fiber as always this season. The orange is, is nice. Um, oh, the front end of the wing or the front wing, the wing itself is a lot shallower than what it was last season. It's not nearly as it's, it's not making the air skip over the car, which is nice. It will add that downforce that it needs. Side pods are also not nearly as thick. Uh, they've made, they've, they've really shaved them down a little more aerodynamic. They've added a side, kind of like a side carve out in the side wing just to get that air sucked in again, keep it a little bit of stable. Back wing looks a little bit shorter, not as many curves to it. I don't see, I mean, I don't see McLaren going in the wrong direction. They figured out what they did wrong last year. Uh, it took them almost the entire season, but you could drastically see the improvement that they had. So I do expect McLaren to be coming out of the gates in 2024 with their brand new car you know, being, being a force to reckon with. And don't forget everything that you see online, especially the renders. And even if it's a live car reveal, when they get to track testing, they're still going to swap out some parts. The first races at the end of the month, I don't be surprised when you look at a car going, Hey, that looks substantially different to the reveal that I saw a month ago. So that's McLaren. Uh, their reveal for the car. I'm going to give them a solid. I mean, there was no car. There was no real talk about it. It was a couple of pictures. I'm going to give them a two out of 10, very not viewer friendly, really boring. Um, but the overall car itself, I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. Very excited to see what they come up with. Moving on. Let's talk about, oh, let's talk about Aston Martin. Why not? Um, Aston Martin. First thing that you notice right off the bat, it's more of an aesthetics, but the color of the car itself, it's a truer green. I love the color scheme. Again, you've got some carbon fiber on the car a little bit more than I would enjoy, but you also have a little bit more creativity attached to this car and attached to that, that, that paint scheme. It looks really nice. The livery, it looks sleek. It looks smart. It looks fast. It looks like it's going to be the winner in 2024. First thing I noticed while looking at the car, and I'm sure many other people will, again, you've got that fourth wing in the front of the nose. The nose itself is a little bit flatter, a little bit wider. The reason they're doing this is they want to push the air not only easier over the nose and over the driver, but they want to disperse it over the nose so it goes into the air intake, cools that car down a little bit faster. You're going to see this trend throughout the, all of the cars and into 2025, I do believe. For as fast as these cars are going, they need a lot more air cooling. Um, Aston Martin has done a very good job of this. The side wings on the front, not nearly as high. They're a little bit more angled out. They've added a few more ridges for aerodynamicy for over the car or for over the wheels. Again, looks fantastic. Moving on down the car, the next massive thing that you're going to see, it's a little bit of a combination of Red Bull. It's a little bit of a combination of Aston Martin, as well as a little bit of a combination of Ferrari. It's the side pods that they have this year. They've drastically slimmed down the waterfall down the center of the side pods. So what that means is there's a lot less option for air drag over those actual side pods while still cooling the car off as much as possible. The side pods also have a uh, much smoother undercut. A trend that I tend to see when it comes to these higher end teams, the teams that generally fight for the top, fight for those points, 
it's not so many jagged lines in the aerodynamics of these cars. It's a lot more fluid. They're more rounded lines. It's easier for the air to get around the car, which hopefully for these guys will result in a faster car, better downforce, better grip, which means faster times and a lot closer racing for them. Again, we're going to look at the top of the engine cover moving to the back. Again, you've got this, it, you've got this swoop that again, it's a modified, it's, it's a modified engine cover. It's almost as wide as the side pods are in the front. Again, aerodynamic over the driver down onto those wings. Again, it looks really nice. It looks a little bit on the heavy side, but again, just like Ferrari, just like McLaren, there was no actual uh, reveal of a physical car. It was another rendering. It was more pictures. It wasn't a live reveal. It only lasted like 10, 15 minutes at the most. Not really, it's not really an awesome look for these guys. Uh, the front end wings are a little bit less angled than they were last year. But again, this is all from, this is all from rendering. These are all literally from just pictures. So how much can you take from these pictures? They look really good. It looks promising, but at the same time, it's like, guys, come on. You're being, in my opinion, being lazy show us an actual physical car like you guys used to moving on to the top of the side pods the air intake for the side pods have been narrowed down there's more of a again gentler line when it comes to the air intake they've made them not nearly as wide they also made hasn't they have also made the top of the side pod air intake not nearly as high again aston martin they were fighting with this for the last couple of years you don't it's not a massive piece of of engineering but it's something you don't normally hear from other teams the side mirrors that the drivers use they've gone through two or three different renditions of them so what they've decided to do is they've decided to round out the side mirror they've also taken away that extra little aerodynamic box that was on top of them on top of the side mirrors for 2023 that is absolutely totally gone now and they've angled it in a little bit more and they've created a little bit of an edge on the edge of the side mirror now that doesn't seem like a whole lot but when you're going 200 kilometers an hour it definitely helps with your aerodynamic and they're thinking that the edge of the side mirror is going to push the air along the side of the car which gives them more downforce as well the air intake on the side pods now officially has a little waterfall that will guide the air a little bit easier into the side pods that you know cools a bunch of stuff down when you look at the side pods, again, you're looking at the modified Red Bull side pods from 23 and 22. Um, it's almost looking like a like a letter P lying down shaped from the front of the wheel. It's more of a, again, it's a gentler, easier track for the air to go hit the side pod, go down along the floor and just keep on flowing to the back of the wheel. This, I think, is definitely going to give them the stability that they needed for 24 that they were lacking in 23. Fernando Alonso, he doesn't complain a lot, but when he does, it's generally a very valid reason. Uh, the back end of the car was not very helpful for them. It wasn't very useful for them. So now in this case, I think it's going to, to help that, that stability much, much more. The waterfall cutout inside or on top of the side pods, we're going back to them, it's much, much, much narrower. So what they're doing is when you make that, that, cut out smaller you're forcing that air which equals more pressure which equals more downforce and which again they want more speed and hopefully more traction which will give them that advantage that they didn't have last year 
They've got renderings of a new floor. Again, it looks good, but it's on a picture. Um, I'm not believing how well this floor is going to work unless or until I see it from actual pictures on the actual car from testing or something along that line. Uh, the air intake at the very back behind the driver, it's more of a squared off option again, a lot more carbon fiber, which means it's lighter. I mean, it's not really that much different than what it was last year. There, there's subtle tweaks when it comes to the McLaren car or the, the Aston Martin car. Um, the suspension, I guess, is going to be the biggest thing. It's a lot narrower. Um, they're sticking with the, actually, they're looking at, they've changed it from a pull rod to a push rod system. Same as Red Bull. Gives them better control going into those corners when you dive bomb them. Um, the wishbone suspension has been moved quite drastically. Um, it's a lot wider now. Gives them a lot more stability. Gives them a lot more range. As well as it gives them more stable traction when going around those corners. So I think that's a massive help for them. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty much, it's more of the finer details that Aston Martin has been working on the reveal itself. I'm again, I'm giving it a four out of 10 at the most, just because it wasn't a live reveal. It was a very, very short reveal. Um, I wish again, they would have done a live reveal the color of the car itself. I love the new refined green. Uh, it is more of an Aston Martin green in my opinion, and less of a, you know, kind of like you run out of, you ran out of color in a highlighter kind of green. Um, overall, looking at the car, I'm going to give it a six out of 10 just because I think they could have gone a little bit deeper into the aerodynamic changes of the front wing, the side pods. It just, it looks like every other side pod from this season, just another copy to a certain extent of the Red Bull and the Mercedes when they finally got their shit together, but it should be a very competitive car. I do not think it is going to be a top five car this year. Definitely top 10. Um, Fernando's behind the wheel again. That's fantastic. It's hopefully the last year for Lance Stroll, but this car will be competitive. I just, it's not going to be in the top five. Next car we're talking about, we're talking about the Scuderia. We are talking about Ferrari. Ferrari seemed more interested in revealing the fact that their drivers have brand new kit than what they've put on the car. Again, we're not looking at a live reveal of the vehicle yet again. It was a digital representation of the vehicle it looks nice it looks super fast we're going to go with aesthetics first color scheme looks great that red they've kept it a nice absolutely pure red i love it love the red looks aggressive not nearly as much carbon fiber as we've seen on some of the other vehicles it's it looks like a ridiculously fast car looks like a car that's going to compete but when you break it down when you look at the ferrari how fast and how accurate is this model going to be the first thing you're going to notice when you look at the Ferrari, it's immediately the nose piece. Yes. It's a bolt on piece so they can switch it anytime they want. They can, it's easily interchangeable. The first thing you're going to notice compared to most formula one cars is that the nose itself has more of a point towards the ground. The thought behind this is when you're going that fast, you want the least amount of lift to get the most amount of downforce as possible. Ferrari's taken this, in my opinion, almost, almost too far. Like it is definitely pointing towards the ground. Again, they've got that, um, they've got that wing platelet in front of the nose of the car, which will give them that automatic four pieces. Very shallow wings on the front of the car. Again, like you can say, it's very interchangeable. When I'm looking at it, it is definitely streamlined for maximum downforce while just hauling ass. And you Ferrari fans are absolutely going to love this car, I think. When you look at the actual car, though, 
it's supposed to be 95% different. Okay, again, I keep harping back to this because, I mean, there's no real other way to do it or no real way to, to talk about it. Is yeah, there's pictures of Fred Vasseur and Leclerc and Sites standing by the car, but that's the only half-assed picture you get. Everything else, again, is just, it's a picture. It's not the actual car. First thing you think you're going to notice, though, the side pods, besides the front wing, it's going to be the side pods. It's, they're not nearly as straight. There's definitely a downward slope towards the back of the car, which is, I think is great aerodynamically, airflow, downforce, all that kind of fun stuff. The the side mirrors, they're also different. They took more of a uh, McLaren approach. It is more easily, I don't want to say bubbled, but it's a very gentle line on the rear view mirror. Again, it's angled just a little bit more to get that downforce and that wind direction. Front of the side pod, it's shorter and it's wider compared to last year, which generally is not the direction you want to go. But hey, Ferrari thinks it's going to be amazing. So hey, why not? <laughs> why not do it that way, Ferrari? Why not? Uh, Ferrari is staying with the push rod suspension. They are not going to the pull rod. They think they've got something connected up where everybody else is, is switching it up. So I hope it works out for them. Uh, back engine cover, you're looking at it. It's much, much, much higher. Again, you're going to see this trend where it's almost two sets of side pods. Um, along the back end of the car again like i've said before with the cars today and the, the, the cars earlier in this episode it's more for aerodynamics aerodynamics and it's going to throw that wind on the back rear wing the rear wing the bottom wing a lot longer like it's a lot wider than it was last year they're really wanting to catch that air off the back of the engine uh, but the top wing itself the one that moves again it's not nearly as steep it's also a little bit thinner as well I guess they were having issues last year. Uh, nobody really knows. Back into the car generally looks, a, you know, it looks the same as last year. Um, they didn't have any issues with the back end of the car generally. It was just about aerodynamic efficiency and, you know, their engines, you know, not exactly keeping up to where they want it to be. Uh, when you look at underneath the side pods itself, the side pods itself has got that P-shaped, the underside pod cut, again, a lot smoother lines, a lot less, bulging side uh side pods it's not nearly as deep so they're trying to get that aerodynamic um advantage and that downforce from the front wing along the nose and all the way underneath the side pod i think it's a great move from every single car you want to copy the car that did the best it's a little tweaky from everybody on the grid and by tweaky i mean everyone has done it their own way so you can't look at it and go okay well you did it this way because you're copying us They've all come up with their own creative way of doing this. I really like what Ferrari has done. Um, the, as well as the halo on the car itself is not nearly as high because they've got this different shape to the side pod and the engine cover. Overall, I like the look of it. I really, really do like the look of it. It is actually a change from what they've done in the past. And they really thought outside of the box at the beginning of 23 with those side pods and that that waterfall effect and it's it was amazing every team has gone along with it to a certain extent they've tweaked it i think ferrari again top three car this year at least from the pictures that we're seeing for the 2024 car rating the reveal again it's going to be an easy you know three out of ten there was no live vehicle 
give us actual cars. It's what we want to see. The overall car itself, the concept, the way it looks, the color, the whole nine yards, and how I think it's going to work, I'm giving this an 8 out of 10. It's not going to be the Red Bull killer that Ferrari is looking for, I don't think, but it's definitely going to keep them in the hunt a lot more consistently than they were in 2023. So overall, good reveal. I like the car. I can't wait to see it at the end of the month on track. All right, folks, I know this episode is going to be short and sweet because this is a two-parter. So those are the first three cars that we've talked about today. Uh, next episode, the episode right after this, we're going to cover the last three cars in the 2024 F1 car reveal season. So stick, t- stay tuned for episode two. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, all you wonderful, wonderful F1 fans, not only in Canada, but around the world listening to this brand new episode. It is episode two of the final car reveals of the 2024 season. And if you're hearing my voice, that can only mean two things. One, that my name is Kelsey, and two, you are listening to the newest edition of F101. Let's get right into this episode. We've got three more cars to go, the final three. And let me tell you, some of these cars that we have seen have been super innovative. Some teams that are a little short on the innovation. And then there are some teams that you're looking at and you're going, what in the hell are you doing? Well, let's just get right into it. All right. The first team we're going to talk about is Toro Rosso or AlphaTari or I think it's Visa Cash App now. Eh, give it a week. It'll be something different. But yes, we are talking about the Visa Cash App 2024 car. I love what they're trying to do with this car. I love the direction that they're going in this car. They're not 100% following Red Bull style. Yes, they are the sister team of the Red Bull, but they're trying to make their own identity. They're trying to get away from the fact that they used to be the junior program essentially for Red Bull drivers. I think they've officially accomplished that. And this car, the 2024 Visa Cash App, I think is going in the right direction. So let's get right into it. First of all, the color scheme. You have to talk about the color, what it looks like, how they put it on. If you are a fan of Formula One from the early 2000s until now, this color scheme and the tones of the color itself are going to be very, very, very familiar to you. In what way, you may ask. When Red Bull first came out, they had, you know, their sister team. They had what's called Toro Rosso. They would turn into AlphaTauri, which would turn into the Visa Cash app that we know now. This color scheme is very reminiscent of that. The tone, the way they put it on. It's just, it's a nice, comfy, warm feeling when it, for F1 fans when you see this car. The look of it is obviously different from when Toro Rosso first came out. But it just, it brings back nostalgic memories of a good, slightly less political, more pure time of Formula One like it does for me. I love this car. So let's get right into it from the nose to the back. The nose and the construction of this car itself is a little bit of what I'm going to call three different cars. So the nose looks astonishingly similar to last year's Ferrari F75 nose. It's a little more pointed. The actual wings themselves, again, just like everybody else, they're not nearly as steep. They're nice shallow to get that airflow over the car. Um, Hugo Boss. Brand new logo on the front, Cash App very much in display here. 
The nose itself is a little rounder. It's not nearly as flat. They've got a small air intake at the front of the nose, and it's got a slightly more pointed down to the ground type style. Um, I do think this is going to be great to try to keep that car under control. They did have a few issues with it in the 23 and 22 season of the slow speed corners. They would lose momentum traction. Yuki Sonoda is famous for just bidding it right after a pit stop with brand new tires just because there's not a whole lot of control when it comes to that car right out of the blocks. Hopefully this will change it. Going on further back, you're looking at the suspension. Now, this is where the RB19 starts to come into play a little bit more. They've got Red Bull suspension. Uh, they've gone from a pole rod inclined wishbone system. Essentially, what that means is there is more control on the car. The pole rod opposed to the push rod. It's going to be easier for them to just dive into those corners, have more control, have more grip, downforce, all that kind of fun stuff. Definitely will help the cash app car just because they are still trying to figure out the best way to go for it. It's not quite the Red Bull car of old. It's not quite the Toro Rosso of old. It's kind of in that gray area, that middle space. Um, it's okay. It's not, it's not a massive improvement for them, but we're going to see it all depends on the drivers on this time. Uh, Daniel Ricardo, if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to flourish in this car. Yuki Sonoda, he's continually getting better, but when you get an upgraded car like this and there will be more upgrades to come, especially when it's Yuki Sonoda and when it comes to all of this driver changing now because we've got some serious blowups, I do believe that this will be Yuki Sonoda's make it or break it year, especially when it comes to this car. Moving on down the car, we're getting into the side pods. Again, our more RB19 style-ish type side pods when you're looking at it from the straight on view. It's not as wide. It's also not as tall. So what essentially what they've done is they've done that modified rb19 side pod like picture a p laying down it's kind of carved out like that to get that airflow from the wings over this uh the wishbone suspension down underneath the side pods giving them more downforce traction so on and so forth what i do like about this car especially when it comes to the floor underneath the side pods we've seen this in a few other cars and i think alfatari slash cash app is definitely going to be uh take advantage of this the lines are much more flowing. They're easier lines to follow. It's not so, I mean, it's bubbly to a certain extent, but the side pods, it's a, it's a sharp angle and then the edged rounded edges. It's more aerodynamic. It's a little bit more faster. It's also definitely more streamlined than it was last year. It looks like this car has gone on a massive diet, especially when it comes to the side pods and the floor piece. Do expect them to have a faster straight line speed than they did last year. Um, Again, they're going to have the same engine as the as Red Bull. So we all know that engine is definitely reliable. It is a lot. Um, what it's it seems to be a lot more powerful along the straight stretches. You hit that eighth gear and they're just going like a bat out of hell faster than anybody else. This will definitely help them with that uh, shorter engine cover. You will notice on the back end. It's again, it's slimmed right down. You still got the curved edges, but not nearly as bubbly as it was in the 2023 car. Again, aerodynamic. They're just going to feed that air right off the back wing, which is relatively not changed from last year. Give them more downforce, more speed, and more uh, agility, essentially. And just going back to the side pods, the air intake, the closer up looks that you get, um, you're going to see a little bit of a water slide going into the side pod, helping direct that air. Again, you've also got that little bit less of a 
uh, water slide going down the side pods as well. Again, you're going to help direct that air off those shallower wings right onto the side pods, right off the back of the car onto the back wing. This should be, they're setting themselves up for success. Uh, when you look at this car compared to last year, like I've, like I've said a couple of times, it's on a diet. It's going to be a lot more reliable. It's now up to the drivers themselves to essentially not fuck this up. And they should be relatively more competitive than they were last year. Definitely. I would put them in the top. I'd say top five this year with this car. If everything goes the way it should. Next up, we are bringing back the iconic silver, a little less block than last year. That's right. We're talking about the Mercedes in my opinion. Now, I am a Red Bull fan. I'm also a slight Ferrari fan. I love all the cars. I love all the teams, so on and so forth. But in my opinion, what Mercedes is bringing out this year, if the team essentially stays healthy, if they learn from what they did last year and so on and so forth, if essentially they don't, uh, if they don't aerodynamic themselves into a hole, we are looking at, in my opinion, a bona fide 100% Ferrari killer this year and potentially a Red Bull or a Red Bull beating car in 2024. Now, I know that's a little bit controversial, a little bit of a hot take, but hear me out on why we're doing this. So we're going to get right into it. First of all, we're looking at the nose. They flatten the nose out. They've definitely learned from their mistakes. A little bit less bulbous. It helps with the way the Ferrari's going. Now, the reason they flatten this car out when you look at a side-by-side -side comparison, the first thing you're going to notice, we're going to skip the front wing for a second. We're going to come back to that. But when you go up the chassis, about halfway up the nose is where the old uh, suspension rod used to be, the old wishbone. That is no longer the case. What they've done is they've taken it from the side and they've now molded it at an angle where it essentially connects almost to the top of the nose. What this does is this gives them more control. It helps guide that air just a little bit more. They've tweaked that rod in the suspension. It's now essentially a suspension slash, I would call it a wing at this point. They've really, really thought about this. They've really decided that this is the direction that, you know, they do want to go. Now, the big thing, and this is the part that will make Lewis Hamilton the happiest and prefer and hopefully for him will give him better performance this year mentally at least they've moved the cockpit back 10 centimeters from where it was last season now 10 centimeters for us it's it's not a massive big deal 10 centimeters here 10 centimeters there you move a desk you move a couch you know something along that line you adjust the seat in your car well to a certain extent when you get to a nice high performance car like these guys have 10 centimeters is massive Lewis Hamilton was complaining last year that because the seat was so far forward, he didn't have the proper feel of the car. He felt like he couldn't get a feel of where he was on the track, in corners, in traffic, so on and so forth. So what they've essentially done is they've moved the seat back to where it used to be. So the W13 was 10 centimeters forward. The W14 seats back 10 centimeters. This, I think, is a fantastic idea for these guys. Moving on. The wing itself, the wing up front. Again, you have a slightly shallower wing than you had last year. This is the, the theme of this year, shallower wings. They figured out that you want more air going over the car and a lot less air going on top of the car. One thing that you're going to notice when you look at the wings, when you look real closely, 
when you look at the wing, it travels all the way down to the left-hand side and it catches those little, the side wings. They've added what looks to be four little itty-bitty separate wings to the side of the wing. Now, this is totally legal, but what they figured out is when you angle that appropriately, you can get more airflow directed underneath the car. So it looks to be, and we got an actual full physical car in the release. Now the release was only like 15 minutes long, but there was an actual car in front of Toto, in front of Hamilton, in front of Russell, which was amazing to see. They showed a little bit of this wing and essentially the, these wings are maybe five centimeters long and there's four of them stacked on top of each other, but they're angled in towards the car. So they're catching what would essentially be dead air that they can't use for downforce and for speed and for stability. They've angled that into the car itself where now it's going to be directed underneath the side pods, which will get sucked down to the car and so on and so forth. I love it. I love this fact. Uh, they're, they're getting to the small minor details of the car now, which is where they needed to be last season and the season before. I I think they're heading in the, this is why I say it, they're heading in the right direction itself. The floor itself, it is what it is. It looked similar but slightly different to last year's model but then again it's release day they hadn't run the car at all they hadn't you know put it through a ton of testing so i don't think it's going to be the exact same floor as what we will see at the end of the month but if it's even close to what they're showing they've taken a outside simplistic uh idea towards the side to to the floor they're not going so visually uh, aerodynamic. I think they're putting more of the effort and research underneath the car, which is what Red Bull did last year. I think that's what they're going to be end up doing again this year, which I think is definitely going to help them. Don't get me wrong. It is still complicated as hell, but it's on the floor edge, a little less complicated than what you had seen in previous years. In 2023, Mercedes had some troubles with making sure the car was cool enough once they finally added the side pods back. So what they've done, when you look at the side pod itself, uh, by the way, in my opinion, the most shaped side pod in the 2024 season from all the cars we have seen. Most definitely, it is, it's, it's, it's very aerodynamic. It's very wavy. Again, they've changed the curve, so it's nice and flowing that air's got a lot less resistance to get through it definitely dips more in the back than what it did in previous years i think they finally figured out that the way their car is shaped that it's definitely going to be um more beneficial for them to have a little bit more structure to it they were playing catch up through the entire season don't get me wrong on that one they did try the side pods no side pods and by the time they caught up it was okay. It wasn't horrible, but definitely they were heading in the right direction, which is nice to see. But when you look on top, the biggest, for me, the biggest upgrade for them is when you look on top of the side pods, you're going to see these massive cooling panel, gill panels on top, uh, which was installed from the Spanish Grand Prix last season. They've updated those. They're a little bit longer. They look a little bit fresher. Hopefully what this will do is when you have a cooler engine, you can run longer, you can run harder, and you can put different, um, or you can put more, more pressure on the teams that are ahead of you. As well, on top of that, they've actually added two more cooling gills on the shoulder of the side pod itself. So they are definitely 
definitely going for a lot more cooling this year in 2024 than they have been in previous seasons. This is not going to hurt them. If anything, this is definitely going to help them find that aerodynamic oomph that they need. Moving into the front of the side pods, when you have a front on look, you can definitely see it is a lot more squared off than you had last year for the air intake. Um, a kind of a different direction because what they did before is the air intake on the side pod was literally vertical. It was up and down, which I understand the reasoning behind it. They want to catch as much air as you possibly can. But at the same time, if it's if it's deeper and higher than it needs to be, you're still going to get a little bit of, of drag. So they've definitely shortened it. They've put a much sleeker profile on the car itself. When it comes to the air intake, I think, again, this is drastically going to help them further on down. Ferrari or Mercedes, you can definitely see has learned their lesson of where they absolutely dropped the ball in 2023. Ferrari's got a good car. Don't get me wrong. Ferrari has a really, really good car. But at the same time, Mercedes has a tendency to pick some things up a little bit faster than Ferrari does, which makes me think why or was this a good decision for Lewis Hamilton to go from Mercedes to Ferrari? Because what I'm seeing compared to what we see for Ferrari, compared to what we see for Mercedes this year, it's just, man, Mercedes is going to absolutely destroy them. Little side note, uh, some renderings have come out since the recording of this podcast that Mercedes is adding what looks to be small air intake holes into their floor itself. So they're, they're forcing air underneath the car itself. They're not necessarily relying just on the side pods or just the aerodynamic body of it, which I think is a fantastic idea. I love it. Um, is it going to be helpful enough? You never know in this day and age, a, even a little bit of even a little bit of downforce is definitely going to help. But um, yeah, we'll see if that works out. Moving on to the back of the car, uh, the wing itself, much shallower for Lewis Hamilton's car this season as it will be reported for uh, George Russell. Again, smoother lines. Um, when you look at the side of the wing, you're going to notice on Lewis Hamilton that it looks like he's got part of his wing missing. And George Russell is more of a solid piece. What they're trying to do here, and Lewis Hamilton will always get the newer pieces first, but what they're trying to do here is they're trying to see if they can lose some of that drag off the side of the wings. So to have a wing is nice to make sure it is, you know, full of drag and it keeps your car down. Again, it's fantastic. But the wing does have a tendency to kind of get in the way when it comes to uh, aerodynamic efficiency. So they're trying a piece out where maybe less is more. You take out the piece and potentially you're going to find that little itty bitty extra, you know, half a second, uh, maybe not that, definitely not that big, an eighth, a tenth, uh, a thousandth of a second, that little less drag that you can get on your car, the absolute better. So giving the Mercedes a final rating, the reveal of the car, I'm going to give it, I'm going to be a very generous seven out of 10, just because there was actually a physical car there. Again, Toto, Lewis, and Russell, they didn't talk about the car a whole lot. It was just kind of there, which makes me think whatever we saw at the reveal is not necessarily going to be the whole kit and caboodle when it comes to actual race day. And of course, these guys are going to evolve the car throughout the season, you know, all this kind of fun stuff. But solid 8 out of 10. Uh, the car itself, just for everything that they've changed, the color scheme, the fact that they learned of what they messed up last year, I'm giving this car a 9 out of 10 when it comes to that. It's good. It's, it's, 
it's a Ferrari killer. 100% it is a Ferrari killer. In my opinion, this is going to be an amazing, amazing car to watch. Again, just don't go the way of Aston Martin. Don't, don't evolve yourself into a corner because it's definitely not going to help. And of course, that leads us to the Red Bull, the RB20. They've done some serious things to this car. Have they all been necessary? This is literally going to be only time we'll be able to tell. Quick glance, the car looks pretty much the same. Okay. Oh, actually, I forgot something. We're going to have to backtrack to Mercedes. A very, very, very important point. I definitely, I saved it to last and then I, <laughs> I kind of forgot about it. Let's go back to Mercedes for a half a second. When you look at the wings, again, they're shallower than last year. Okay, that's all fine and dandy. But when you look at the actual shape of the wings at 2023 compared to 2024, when you go from left to right, from outside to in, when it came to the 23, it was very sloping. It was a slight, uh, a slight, um, what do you call it? Curve in, a little, a little bit of a, a hollow put in, and then you go into the nose of the car, which is fine. Now, when you look at the front wing, the 2024. Now, again, this is what's just on the car. This is the renderings. We don't know if they're even able to do this. Essentially, what they've done is they still give themselves four wings, but they've given themselves technically three and a half wings. So it's still in the regulation for the amount that you have to have. But the amount that they've modified the inside of the wing from the nose to about almost halfway into the wing is gone. So what they've done is they've modified that top wing so heavy that it's going to guide that air not only over the car and onto the side pods like you would normally have, but what it's doing is it's forcing the air along the chassis and underneath the side pods. First glance, first thought, that's an amazing, that's fantastic. That is something you definitely want to see for innovation. But the rest of the teams are looking at it and there's some lawyers that are already from each team that already approached the FIA and F1 going, is this actually legal? Does this count as a full wing kit? Now, wings are bolt on, bolt off. So it's, it's a massive loss for Mercedes if they can't use it. But at the same time, it's very easy to switch out. On the flip side, if Mercedes gains massive speed, downforce and performance from this you know by halfway through the season by race 12 every single team on this grid is gonna have a modification just like that maybe everybody except for red bull okay so that's what i forgot let's get back into red bull looking at the rb20 there are some drastic changes that you are going to notice but there's not a lot of them the first one obviously going from front to back the first thing you're going to notice at the very front of the grill or the front of the grill the front of the nose as they've kind of gone the opposite way of everybody else. You don't have that wing bubble underneath the nose like last year. So when you're looking at the front of the nose, the very front wing connection goes and it just kind of goes down. There's a little space underneath the nose and then connects to the rest of the wing. And then there's also that little air intake at the very base of the nose closest to the road. 2024, what they've done is they've taken that out totally. It is one solid piece at the very bottom and now there's no air intake. But what they've done, when you look from the front of the nose more towards the back by the fourth wing, is they've added the gaps there right along the nose piece. So you are punching the air with the front of the nose. And when you split that air, it's not immediately going 
over the wings of the front of the car, what it's doing is it's going through those little insets first, and then it's hitting the chassis, and then it's going over, again, a very shallow set of wings compared to the last year. I love this outlook. I love this setup. Smart thinking, not a massive big detail, not a massive big change, but just enough. We're looking at it going, okay, okay, I see what you're doing. Moving on to the back, moving further on in the car, you're looking at the suspension now. From the 2023 to the 2024, it is, it's not, it's the same suspension as they had last year. It's a, a push rod opposed to a pull rod, I do believe. But what they've done, again, they've, the top suspension bar, instead of being going into the nose, they've uh, installed it where it literally meets the top of the nose of the car. They've essentially, what they've done is they've just changed a few angles and they've added a rod or two. So the top suspension is not nearly as long. They've added a second piece in the back. And what they've done to the actual suspension rods is they've flattened them out a little bit where it's a little bit more aerodynamic than it would have been last season. Not only that, they've also moved them a little bit further back into the actual car itself. So instead of being near the tip of the nose, they moved them back what looks to be about 15 to 20 centimeters further back. So they're longer. It's going to help guide the air and it's going to give them more stability because and more traction, more downforce. Because we all know Verstappen loves to go just like a bat out of hell straight into that corner. And if he's going to make it, he's going to make it. And if he's not, well, you know, moving on further on down into the car, cockpit stays the same. Now we're looking at side pods. Now, do, do y'all remember when Mercedes tried this, you know, no side pod thing to see how it would work and how it really, really, really didn't work and how it sucked and how they go back to where they were, where they essentially where they are now. Well, not only were we watching that, but, um, you know, some other people were watching that and this is definitely the biggest shocker car wise is that it looks like now this is not confirmed. This is just what we saw on the car reveal. And there's no guarantee that um, it's going to be like this, but it looks like Red Bull has taken a massive, massive note from Mercedes playbook. And essentially what they've done is they've going towards, now there's no guarantee that it's actually going to happen, but they're going towards a zero side pod idea. Now it's not totally gone. They do still have bona fide, you know, noticeable side pods. But what they've done is when you go over the wheel and you see where the floor connects to the bottom of the side pod or that cutout, and then you see the air intake, essentially what they've done is they've taken about one, two, three, four, five layers of aerodynamics, and they've just totally gotten rid of them. What they've done is they've brought the side pod to the same level as the actual nose and the front of the car. So now there is no air intake at the top by the wing or by the, the, the rear view mirror. That's totally gone. What they've done is they've added a wing at the top so it matches the level of the nose. And then what they've done is they've taken the air intake and now instead of going from left to right, they've gone top to bottom. That's going to be their air intake. But now what they've also done is it looks like they've carved out a massive swath along the, uh, the front of the car that it's forcing the air into the side pods, into that kind of hidden air intake, and then that meets into what they have for a side pod. I think this is 
this is just fucking genius of them. They've paid attention to what at that time their closest rival did that absolutely screwed up. Adrian knew we looked at it and going, oh yeah, I can fix that. Took them a half season. That's why they stopped developing the 2023 car about halfway through the year. One, they're winning everything, but now you see where all of that money and that time went into. Why blow the budget in 2023 on a car that you know is going to win when you can put that budget into a car in 2024 that's literally going to have people look at it and go, oh my God, what the fuck have they done? They didn't need to change the side pods. They didn't need to change any of this, but the guys at Red Bull and the, the sorry, the, the employees, the women and, and the men at, at Red Bull have decided that this is the new way to go. This is the next evolution of the RB20 that's absolutely going to kill the competition. Now, the difference between what Red Bull did to what Mercedes did is Mercedes tried to force the air along the side of their non-side pod in 2023 at the very beginning. They're trying to force the air into the intake and then whatever dead air that didn't make it in was going to go along the side of the side pod. What Red Bull has done is if whatever air doesn't take, all of a sudden that dead air is automatically getting pushed underneath what they have left of a side pod. So instead of trying to force it up, around, and over, they're forcing it down. They're using that dead air that they can't use right now as an advantage for more downforce and for much, much, much more traction and speed. Another thing from what you've been able to see in some of the renderings, and I now at this point, I don't know if this is true. But when you look at the side pods themselves or what they have left, there is absolutely 100% no, and I mean no cooling gills. It is a smooth, smooth side pods. But what they've now done is they've moved the cooling gills essentially to the very back by the wheel and they've put them along the side of what I'm still calling the second side pod up on the engine cover and a little bit on top. So they've moved the aerodynamics of the side pods 110%. They're making people guess now on what the hell are they doing? The other difference between the 23 car and the 24 car that I think is amazing, that upper, again, what I'm going to call a side pod, that upper side pod engine cover is now 100% straight. There is no curve to have that airflow down over the tires like they had last year. They figured out that's where they were losing some of their traction and some of their aerodynamic uh, superiority. And what's the simplest way between A and B? It's a straight line. Take the complication out of it. Take out the curves, take out the lines, make it as simple for that air as possible. I think they've 100% absolutely nailed this. The only thing that we're missing that I don't believe is actually true is the side or is the floor on the back of the car. When you look at the car itself, it looks like it's another air intake, but I don't believe that Red Bull is just going to give a nothing there. I do think they're going to swap out that floor to make it obviously more aerodynamic. I think that was just kind of, um, I think that's something they're going to get people to guess on what they're putting out, which would take their focus off of, let's say the car doesn't do so well, or they don't pay attention to the other vehicles or, you know, something along that line. It's a bit of a guessing game. I do think that this is going to change when it comes to like the actual race day 100%. And one last thing on the side pods, when you look at it compared to last year and some generally the rest of the cars, the side pods continue almost all the way to the end of the car where it kind of just disappears into the back of the vehicle. What Red Bull has done is it looks like to be the side pod goes, goes, goes. And by the time you get about a foot 
in front of the back wheel. Essentially what they've done is they've modified these side pods and they've taken out so many angles that the, uh, the body work over the engine and the side pod is so sucked to the mechanical parts underneath of the body work so much that the side pod essentially drops off to more or less nothing much, much earlier than the rest of the cars. This, I, I think this saves weight. I also think that this just adds another easier exit for dead air once it's done doing what it needs to do. It's just out and there's no fuss about it. And then it's just an easy an easy exit. You're not losing any kind of uh, downforce. You're not losing any kind of you know traction or anything along that line. Suspension compared to last year, generally it looks to be the same. Um, it's still going to be the push rod. Um, yeah, it's going to be the forward leg. Everything looks exact kind of essentially to me, at least it looks exactly the same. Maybe it's a little shallower. Maybe there's a couple pieces that are angled just a little bit more, but for my eyes and my, my technical expertise, it doesn't look like they've done much to the actual suspension of it. And the last small, small upgrade that we're going to notice on the Red Bull is on the back and on the wing. Uh, what they've done is it's not a solid wing meet um you could call it side wing i guess there's a what they've done is they've essentially carved out a gap on the side of the solid wing so when they activate drs it's a little bit more fluid it's not going to get stuck they did have some issues with it last year but more importantly when drs is not activated there's not an extra piece of carbon fiber there to essentially slow down the car it doesn't mean that they've lost a ton of time but they have found somewhere to one trim a little bit of weight off red bull did have trouble and i mean i'm 100 trouble they were not able to get the car under the um regulation weight at excuse me at all last year they did pay some penalties on that don't worry people they weren't cheating um, but this was just another way for them to find a little bit of weight loss a little bit more aerodynamic which is great to see um the color pretty much the same color scheme pretty much the same uh presentation wise it was the reveal of the car itself was a whole lot of do about nothing. Massive production value. You got some, see some, the uh, the Academy drivers, you did see Checo, you did see Max, you did see the car. Car was physically there, which automatically, in my opinion, gives it a seven. Um, talking about the car, they didn't talk about the car at all. Uh, really, it was more about where the team's going this year, how they're going to fix things that they need to work on from last year, blah, blah, blah. It was pretty much the PR take that you would expect to see. Fantastic to see Christian Horner was there. He was answering questions. He wasn't hiding in the background. They brought out Adrian Newey. So they brought out the major team that Red Bull knew needs to make face in the time of the investigation on Christian Horner. I think it was a fantastic play by Red Bull to make everybody seem like they're on the same page and that they're still a big, massive team and, and unity and so on and so forth. So that was good. Um, the I'm going to give the reveal... Ah, seven. I'm just going to stop at a seven out of 10. Like I said, the production value was great. Uh, there was a little bit more talking about other things than the car that I would have liked. They did mention it once or twice, but unlike kick, they didn't go into any detail about the car itself, about the new angles, the thought process, all this kind of shit. They didn't talk about any of it. It was just kind of there. Ta-da, we're revealing it. Yay. Of course, the lighting is a very specific way where you could kind of see the side of the car, you could see the underskirt a little bit, the floor, but you couldn't tell if there's any detail there or not. Um, overall, the car itself, I'm going to give it 
I'm trying to not be biased being a Red Bull fan. I'm going to give it an eight and a half out of 10. I think some of the ideas that they're flowing with may possibly work, but I think they've tweaked the car a little more than they need to. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And on the back of talking about the Red Bull, there has been some developments in the Christian Horner Red Bull saga, we'll call it. Now, the meeting, the first meeting date has passed and gone that there was no official release on Friday. Now, whether he was going to be guilty, not so on and so forth, which was kind of a, a no brainer. There's no way this shit was going to get figured out in a week. Okay. So now we're going on to week two, almost into week three. It seems to be the longer this prolongs, the worse it gets. Not necessarily for Christian Horner, because he is still firmly behind. He has done nothing wrong. You know, the usual typical statements, his wife is behind him. He's done nothing wrong, blah, 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 all that kind of shit that you would usually say. But for the team itself, it's starting to look like the longer this goes, the worse it is going to be. The reason for that is in the next year or two, Honda will no longer be providing engines for Red Bull. Red Bull will also not be providing their own engines as well. They're going to be supplied by Ford. Ford is a family company and they released a statement uh, regarding any of this. And tell me what you think, but I'll, I'll read you the quote and I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, what I think this means. And this is from the autoweek.com uh, racing formula one webpage. And this is a quote as a family company and a family or in a company that holds itself to very high standards of behavior and integrity. We do expect the same of our partners said Mark Rushberg. Uh, he is the global director of Ford performance on Friday at the Daytona international speedway. It appears to us. And what we have been told was that Red Bull is taking the situation very seriously. And of course they're worried about their brand as well. And that is why we've got an independent investigation. And until we see what truth comes out, it is too early for us to comment at all. Okay. So I believe this can go one of two ways and it all depends on how, how important this is for Ford and how much they actually want to get back into formula one. Cause this is going to go one of two ways. Obviously either Christian Horner is going to be found guilty of being, you know, doing what he did. And then obviously, and it, it stands to, to, it stands true. Ford is gone. If Christian Horner did what he did, it's going to be one of two things. Either you fired Christian, which obviously in my opinion, they have to, or you lose Ford as an engine supplier for 2020. I think it's six. Okay. So that's one of two. The second one is for the investigation to be completed by an independent body. And Christian Horner is found innocent of any wrongdoing. Ford can either stay with formula one going, you know, we stuck by him. We let the process go through what it needed to do, blah, blah, blah. Or they're still going to go because of what the allegations were. We don't feel like as a family company that it is proper for us to go into formula one. I feel like this investigation for just the pure uh, economics for Red Bull, this needs to get done sooner rather than later, because if it does not happen, I do believe that for, uh, Ford is going to pull out and Red Bull is going to lose their engine supplier. Now, the update on when we're supposed to find out a verdict of what happened, if he's guilty or not, they've kind of given us a this week-esque kind of timeline. But now at the same time, they're coming out, they're not going to be able to release the findings. They're not going to be done until after Bahrain, which is the first weekend of the year, which is the end of the month, the February 9th to March 2nd weekend. So it kind of seems like Red Bull really has to a just forget about all of this, put it all behind them. Maybe Christian doesn't do as much public 
you know, public things. Maybe he's not there on race weekend because if that's the day that they're supposed to find out what happens, will he be in court? Will he be there? Will he not be there? It's just added drama that, that one, the team doesn't need. And two, I believe will be will potentially scare away a lot of sponsors that they do need. But that is the newest update on that. Uh, to me, it sounds like Ford's, they're half in, half out. Um, if it's, you're guilty, they're absolutely gone. If they're innocent, you're going to have to prove yourself on why we need to stay kind of thing. So um, I do believe that uh, Red Bull needs to start looking for a new engine supplier, in my opinion. But yeah, which leads me into the last topic. And I am extraordinarily happy to announce that this is the first setup of the very first 2024 race in Formula One. That is right. February 29th weekend, March 2nd. It is officially the very first race of the 2024 season. It is the Bahrain Grand Prix, and it is a regular weekend practice, full practice, and this is our time. Full practice is February 29th at 4.30 a.m. Practice 2, same day, Friday the 29th, is at 8 a.m. Practice 3, March 1st, is at 5.30 in the morning. Now, if you want to watch, if you don't want to get up for practice, I know I'm going to be watching it. Qualifying, regular qualifying is on the Saturday, March 1st. It is 9 a.m. from 9 till 10. And then all the press stuff that goes along before it and after it. And the race, March 2nd, 8 a.m. I absolutely cannot wait for this race. Pre-race is always an hour before. So if you want to watch the pre-race show, that is 7 a.m. I will always be tuned into my F1 TV to make sure I don't miss any very important information about the race itself. The weather is expected to be slightly overcast, hot, and just the guys are going to be ready to go. I cannot wait for this race. A uh, little bit of history. If you've never if you've never seen this race before, if you've never been to this circuit before, first Grand Prix was in 2004. Number of laps, 57 laps. Circuit length, 5.4 kilometers. A grand total distance of 308 kilometers. Record lap is held. From 2005, a 1.31 by Pedro Dalarosa. I love this track. Two DR, uh, three DRS zones, one massive straightaway from corner 15 to corner one. There are 15 corners in this course. It's a mixture of high speed and fast corners. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for that weekend to come. So until we speak again about the Bahrain Grand Prix, please stay tuned to F101 for everything you need to know in the world of F1.